there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Maureen permitted herself a small smile, quickly masked. If the girl shows as much initiative in Tarvalon, she will sit in the Amberlin seat one day, if she can learn to control that initiative, if there is an Amberlin seat left on which to sit. Maureen, Chapter 4, The Great Hunt. Hello, welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalon, a Wheel of Time podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Amarlin seat, and throughout the ages the I said I have played an important role in nearly every significant event within the Wheel of Time, so today we're going to be taking a look at the history of the Amarlin seat mm-hmm. from the time after the breaking of the world and up until the Third Age where we start off and end in the series. Mm-hmm. Same procedure as usual, no spoilers to start out, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty after the break. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. Yeah, the Amberlin shows up pretty early in The Great Hunt. And so, like, this one goes really well with our our Westlands 101 of prep time before The Great Hunt. And the Amberlin seat is maybe my favorite position in the White Tower. It's complicated. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everything in the White Tower is complicated. Okay, yes. <laughs> 100% true. Yeah. <laughs> but the full title of the Amerlin is The Watcher of the Seals, The Flame of Tarvalin, The Amerlin Seat. She comes! She comes! <laughs> Did you see the Madeline Madden post? She posted on Twitter that she was researching vibrators. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could think of is what they say when the Amerlin... <laughs> receives the stall that would that would be such a good like gag reel kind of thing to do for this show she She walks in she comes and instead of her stall she's carrying a vibrator hang on guys (laughs) anyways anyways that's adorable yeah adorable okay Maybe maybe that's not supposed to be adorable, but somehow it is to me. Especially thinking about Madeline Madden being the person who's like talking about it. Like <laughs> she's so she's just really cute. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I'd love to meet her someday. She just looks like the kind of person you could like chill out with and Amazon Prime. I know you're we listening. We know you're listening. We know Tracy you're listening to, now. Tracy wants to meet Madeline Madden. Yep. I sure do. Madeline. Madeline. That's my that's my Australian accent. It was trash. <laughs> Let's move forward before <laughs> before you have more trash accent moments. Yeah. <laughs> it really wasn't bad though. Don't beat yourself up about it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So one of the things with this full title being Watcher of the Seals, I didn't understand this and I feel kind of stupid for not getting this until now that the seals that she's watching over are the seals to the dark one. I think it makes sense that the Amarlin would be the person who would have guardianship of these incredibly important seals. 
And then she also... <laughs> this is probably not how the Keeper of the Chronicles wants to be referred to, but she does have her very own sidekick of her choosing. And generally, the Keeper of the Chronicles, which is the title of this person who like sits at her side and helps her with things, they're generally raised from the same Aja. So they have a similar background. They'll have more of a connection on how a things... A little more of a camaraderie. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And I, I feel like in the position of the Omerlin seat, you really need to have someone who 100% has your back if you can get that person there. You know what but I mean? But it's not required it's that not they required. are the same Aja. Mm -mm. No, it's just strong tradition, and we know how the White Tower feels about strong tradition. Tradition. <laughs> yes, that. Is that where we move on to the history? Well, I think the only thing that I had adding to that is that she is the perceived leader of the Aes Sedai, mm. raised from one Aja, but required to be of all Ajas. And of course, that's easier said than done in some cases. I mean... A lot of times an Amerlin doesn't become an Amerlin until she's spent decades to centuries as an Aes Sedai. So being part of like one group in particular for a while and then having to oversee everyone, I bet probably has its challenges and throughout the 3000 years probably not always go the way that it was supposed to. Eleanor. I can't pay attention Eleanor. to anything you're saying. <laughs> Sorry about that. Also throughout the centuries, it's definitely arguable that the Hall of the Tower, which is kind of like, I feel like the best way to think about it is like a parliament or a congress or something where you have almost a separation of powers, if you will. So the Hall of the Tower has sitters. There are two or three chosen from each Aja. And frequently, the power that should belong to the Amerlin is usurped by the Hall of the Tower. It can happen. It can happen. And it <laughs> It does, as we find out, as we get into the history. And also that the sitters receive roughly the same level of respect, maybe just a smidge under what's shown to the Amerlin and the Keeper. They're quite the posse. They are. I don't want to mess with them. Mm -mm. If you if you mess with one of the sitters, then the Amerlin's going to be coming for you. Do you know They'll what I mean? Watch it. Yeah. 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 Unless, as happens, the Hall of the Tower doesn't give a shit about the Amerlin and is like, you fight your own battles. Or mm -hmm. vice versa, in whichever case. But I think that kind of explains what the office mm -hmm. of the Amerlin seat is and a little bit of the power structure that she has to navigate as like the leader of the Aes Sedai. But then yeah, absolutely let's do history because it's my favorite thing. I've kind of summarized things quickly. There is a large amount of time before the White Tower was even set up. Mm -hmm. So in this time before the breaking of the world, during the Age of Legends, the leader of the Aes Sedai wore the Ring of Tamerlan which was this ancient mythical artifact, and Luce Theron Telemond wore it. But there's not a lot of information about it. I was going to ask, I've never thought about this before. Is it any kind of a, like a power? It's a possible Tarangriol, I think. Okay. That might be something that we can look into a little bit later. But as far as the Tamerlin being Tamerlin instead of Amerlin, it's... Obviously a little bit different in the Age of Legends because there were male Aes Sedai. Right. So this 
position, I guess an open position to either sex, so. Yeah, I think so. And as the seal on the Dark One's prison broke open and the War of the Shadow raged, times were very violent. So the focus of Aes Sedai during this time kind of shifted to a militaristic role. And then after the breaking of the world, the organization of the Aes Sedai actually collapsed. There was real chaos everywhere. The groups were broken apart. Some went one way, some went another way. They were fighting, you know, shadow spawn and Trollocs Mm -hmm. and dreadlords. And male channelers who were losing their minds. Exactly. So this is just kind of a chaotic time in history for the Aes Sedai. Definitely. After the breaking of the world, about 98 years later, Tarvalin was established as the headquarters for the Aes Sedai who were reestablishing and reorganizing themselves. The Hall of the Tower is chosen to advise Elisane, Tishar, mm-hmm. and this was the very first Amarlin seat. With the mention of Elisane, we, as the first Amarlin seat, it feels pretty natural to just move into notable Am- Amarlin. Gosh, why is Amarlin so hard to say sometimes? Amarlin. Notable. Simon always Amarlin makes fun of me seats. for how I say my A's. Yeah. Uh, uh, how does he say his A? Like the British way? I was going to say, does he have like a British inflection yeah. to it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's adorable. So let's see here. Oh yeah, this is perfect because then you can talk about Tetsuan. So Elisane is credited with being the first Amarillin, and this is 47 to 98 AB slash after the breaking, just for a time frame. She was at the head of the leadership that chose to build a new city dedicated to the reformed, male purged, of necessity, Aes Sedai. They chose the island of Tarvalon and used the one power to work with Ogier builders and create a city filled with architectural wonders. It is mentioned that the Amarillin Sea is established at this time and that Elisane, as I've said two or three times already, and Amber said... She is established as the first Amarillin, and it's expected that she had actually been Amarillin for several years before her death. So she got to at least enjoy it for quite some time, it sounds like. Yeah, and I love that she was the person who like came in and was like, this is where we're setting up. This is what we're going to do. Hey, Ogier. Come on down. Yeah, help us make something glorious. And I mean, I think New Spring gives such a good description of what Tarvalon actually looks like. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who wants like a more in-depth view of Tarvalon, I personally think that's the best one we get. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. So if we fast forward all the way to the Trolloc Wars... We have mm-hmm. to talk about Tetsuin, and mm-hmm. this is one of my personal favorite stories because there's so much drama and intrigue, and it's also a little bit sad, but that's besides yeah. the point. So <laughs> Tetsuan is extremely important due to the fact that she is almost completely responsible for the fall of Manetherin. Boo. Boo, Tetsuin, boo. <laughs> During the Trolloc Wars, Shadowspawn were tearing apart the nations of the Westlands and Tetsuane is jealous of the Queen of Manetherin from the time they spent together in the White Tower. So when the king of Manetherin sends word to the tower, a plea for help, that he's, his military has been completely overrun, Tetsuin ignores this plea for help, and then Manetherin falls. Because I'm of this... I'm just shaking 
I'm just shaking my head no at this because how middle school girl is that? Like, I don't like you. You're prettier and more popular than me. I'm going to ruin your whole nation. It's not what even... a shitty thing to do. Even though Menethrin was completely destroyed, it also, like, ravaged these lands. I mean, it's not right? just Menethrin that had to deal with the consequences of this. That's a good point. Regardless, she was stripped of the stole, deposed, stilled, and then spent the rest of her days scrubbing floors in the White Tower. <laughs> And her <laughs> name to this day is almost something of a curse in the White Tower. Right. Mm-hmm. She only lived for three years after her stilling. And when I saw that, I kind of had to wonder, because I know, I know gentling, they watch the men afterwards because they have a tendency to, like, just kind of fade away or try to take their own lives. And I have to wonder if something similar happened to her. I don't know. It's pure speculation. And uh, her royal fuck up is also what brought about the 2000 year feud between the blue and red Ajas. And all I can think of is you guys have an entire Aja dedicated to mediation. Why didn't you just go (laughs) over to the greys and ask for a little help so that the White Tower could be a healthier place instead of having a feud for two thousand years oh typical Aes Sedai shenanigans what can we say what can we say (laughs) they should have hired us I swear this episode will actually be about the Omerlin and not just us complaining about the White Tower in general how terrible the White Tower is (laughs) so let's actually like throw a little love towards the Aes Sedai Mm -hmm. with the next Amarillan seat because holy shit. So this is Rashima Karen Curran Mosa, and this is 1251 to 1301 AB. And I gotta say, ultimate respect for this badass green sister who took the fight and the fury of the battle Aja to the front lines. She and was known coming as the- in at 115 pounds. <laughs> In the green. (laughs) I was just thinking that. Wearing a green cape. And a green leotard, Rashima Karamosa. (sighs) Sorry. No, I loved it. I mean, and she deserves that. Mm-hmm. She deserves that. So she was known as the Soldier Armorlin and personally led the Tower Armies against legions of Shadowspawn and Trollocs and all kinds of bad stuff during the Trolloc Wars. Her victory at the Battle of Magond, a key defeat that led to the ending of the Trolloc Wars, was also the moment of her death. And this was in that list that you sent to me. It said her body was discovered after the battle, surrounded by her five warders and a vast wall of Trollocs and Murdral, which contained the corpses of no fewer than nine dreadlords. And all I have to say is, fuck yes. This is what I expect from the Green Aja. I'm trying not to clap right now because it's, I don't know, I don't want to be that annoying person clapping on my own podcast. I don't know. No, I do it. Do it. Do it. Clap. She she deserves it. We get so many cool stories throughout the history of the Wheel of Time. And of course, the most badass sounding Amarillin we don't get to see. I know. I read over that and I was like, oh my 
god I mean, that is one of our biggest complaints about the Green Aja is that they aren't out there doing those things. This Amberlin was mm-hmm. like, you know what, guys? Battle Aja all the way. Mm-hmm. And like her death. I love that they said a vast wall of murder. I mean, can you imagine what an Aes Sedai and five warders could take out together? Well, it's pretty impressive to be able to take out nine dreadlords. I mean, right? these are channelers for the Dark One. So that alone is a feat. Yes. It's amazing. So that one, like, she actually kind of gave me chills when I was reading about her, and I was like, I have to. Everyone needs to know about her. Rashima, this one's for you. Mad respect. Love it. Yeah, that's all I had on her. Did you want to do Serenia? Sure. Serenia Latar, and this was 276 to 306 the new era and mm-hmm. she was of the great aja and unfortunately died in altara after negotiating an end to a civil war Whew. i was reading over this yesterday and doesn't this just kill you let me tell you these white cloaks are literally the worst They're so the, worst. the white cloaks stole her corpse and hung it up as some sort of example of their non-existent power. But she was the only Amarlin ever hung, hung, ever hanged by the Children of the Light. And it makes me curious as to what exactly went down, who exactly was responsible for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, which captain commander of the Children of the Light was it during that era? I would like to look and find out. And I'm also curious as to how they got their hands on her corpse. Like, I can't imagine that the body of an important person like the Amarillan would not be, like, watched over even in death. So how... After negotiating to end a civil war, she was negotiating. (laughs) She was trying to help end war. But no, we're just going to hang her in a tree. The white cloaks are the worst. They're the worst. Fucking hate white cloaks. So I think those were all the ones that I had listed out for notables. Did you have? There's so you many. You can find it online. There are lists. And if you're ever bored someday and want to do that. But we just grabbed a few that we appreciated the stories from. Yeah. Yeah. Or were disgusted by. Exactly. <laughs> The next section I'm really excited about. I like what you've what you've labeled this section a lot. Yes, I laughed at myself when I typed this out. So the next section is bad Amerlin. No stole for you. Here, here. Take that. Because although she is considered the most powerful leader of any institution in the Westlands. The Amarillan Sea is not above the law or the application of those laws by other sisters, including sitters of the hall. And throughout the 3,000-year history, there have been multiple deposed Amarillans, and we just put a few in here to, like, chat yeah, over. Yeah, just a quick side note. So usually within the White Tower... The Amerlin is on top of the ladder, I guess. And -hmm. then you have the sitters. And you also have the deference system, which is important to talk about because we've brought it up many times before. But if you are 
one of the sisters that are able to channel to a higher amount than another sister, then technically you are at a higher position, kind of. Yep, so yeah. if this if this Aes Sedai who is stronger than you tells you, hey, I want you to make notes for me while I give a lecture on something, you can't really say no to this person. Your power level kind of dictates where you stand within the tower. And the only person who's not really affected by this is the Amerlin and Mm -hmm. usually the sitters. It can get a little bit tricky too because if the Amerlin sends word to you, maybe you're out in some country doing some, I don't know, helping one of the kings or queens and you get word from the Amerlin, you should technically have to do whatever is dictated to you from the Amerlin. With this deference system, it's hard to know exactly what your power is because Mm -hmm. some Aes Sedai can know what your future strength will be. Like your potential strength. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, I don't know. It's really questionable how they have to think about all this stuff and keep it in order. Yeah. And then you also can take into consideration as well the head of the Ajas. Yeah. So you have that as well. And how how does the head of the Aja... How do they have influence over the sitters for mm-hmm. the Aja? Like, are the sitters actually choosing what they want, or is the head of their Aja telling them what they can and cannot do? Because wouldn't they have to be deferential to her in some way? Like, it's it just... creates an environment for a lot of backstabbing, I feel like, yeah. and bickering. And does that ever happen? Oh my God, <laughs> ladies ladies calm down man so i think we already talked about tetsuan Mm -hmm. she was deposed and then the next one also of the red aja is bonwin bonwin and she decided to have a pissing contest with arthur hawkwing Mm And, you know, they just needed to know who was the more powerful ruler in the Westlands. Hawkwing laid siege to the White Tower for 20 years, and Bonewin's level of crazy led to a critically endangered White Tower, followed by her being deposed, stilled, and forced to muck out stables for the last four years of her <sighs> life. Yeah. And she, like Tetsuan, was also replaced by a sister of the Blue Aja named uh, Dion Ariman. And just, you know, just to rub a little salt in the wounds of the Red Aja, Dion becomes known as one of the greatest Amerlins of the Third Age. So... What did she do? Do we know what she did? I think she was able to, like... Well, first off, she was able to stop the siege with Arthur Hawkwing, Mm -hmm. but also after the collapse of Arthur Hawkwing, it was also, like, his death, it was also the collapse of those... Of what he had pulled together. So I believe she was able to kind of step in and help with some political maneuverings. And she was very deft at managing the White Tower and the Hall and being aware of the things that were being kind of thrown at her as distractions or to undermine her power. She was just kind of the whole package, it seems like, and really was at a moment where... 
the instability of what happened post Hawkwing allowed the White Tower to establish a new level of dominance over the Westlands. So I think that's what puts her at this point of being like a super badass. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And this is this is really just a hypothetical, but why is the Red Aja so good at being really bad? <laughs> it almost feels like maybe it's because they're the only Aja that are truly all dedicated to the exact same thing. Ooh, what an interesting point. I mean, the yellow Aja has different specialities. The Browns would be studying whatever their calling is, so they would mm-hmm. kind of work together but work separately, I'm assuming. The Blues yeah. are like, I have a cause. I'm going to go do it, and that's <laughs> it. I mean, yeah, they're not so much on a unified front. Yeah, the, the Whites and the Grays, I feel like, are probably always out in different nations, split up. Yeah, and the Reds are all like, we're going to find them men. Right? Yeah. The Red Aja has that unified front. They also just seem a bit, I don't want to make a generalization, but they do seem a bit harder overall. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. Just, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of softness in the Red Aja Mm-mm. as it is. No. Mm-mm. No. Like, I don't know. The green always just seems like so much fun, but unfortunately this is not... <laughs> Not the case for the Reds at all. So I did do as much as I could for scanning over as many of the Emerlins as I could. And it was really intriguing to me to see phrases like an Emerlin referred to as weak, but not a puppet of the hall, but definitely not in true control. And if that's the case, then who was in complete control? If the Emerlin isn't, if the hall isn't, is everyone just running amok? Everyone's just doing what they want? The, is it a saying? It was in the notes in regards to the breakdown of each individual Amarillan that's on that tour website that you sent mm-hmm. me. Various phrasings were used when describing the position of the Amarillan. And it seemed to be kind of a repeat trend where it was something like this, where the Amarillan is referred to as weak. Okay. but And not a puppet of the hall, but definitely not a con- in true control. And then also not so much a puppet of the hall as ignored completely by them, except when she had to be trotted out for ceremonies. Ooh, so if... Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, just throughout, there were things, and then, like, Deanne's death, she fell in a writing accident. Did she really? You know, she was right on the verge of, of having a conversation that would have ended, I be- I don't remember what war it was, but she was on the verge of ending that. She dies, and the Amarillin that follows her is far weaker than she had been, mm-hmm. so was... Deanne's death intentional was the replacement of her with a weak Amerlin intentional. Mm-hmm. Like there are just there is room for fissures within the White Tower. And unfortunately, even though they are they agree that they should have an Amerlin seat, they put up an Amerlin seat to be this person that represents them to the entire world. And to the world, they want to have this unified appearance of strength that starts with the Emerald and Seat, 
But inside the White Tower, it can be a completely different story. That's perfect, because you know why. We have spoilers to talk about? Yeah, and this is actually exactly what I wanted to talk about first. But do we want to go ahead and... I just I want to thank our patrons first and then go on a I little break. I would love to do that. Because we have... Breaks are always yeah, nice. we have kind of a new patron, but not really. So, Snakes and... Elevated patron? Yeah, elevated patron. Snakes and Foxes yeah. is our first... Snakes and yeah, Foxes! Our first gateway maker. And then, of course, we... <gasps> thank s- you! We still have the amazing Winterfell Sedai and Kevin Marksman and Leith. Thank you guys so much. Guys we appreciate it so much, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. It's been... You've helped us so much. You've helped us so much. So thank you, really. And now, my darling... Yeah, yeah. Hey, friends. I know this isn't our usual ad. However, Amber and I wanted to share with you that things are growing and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. First, we finally joined the world of Patreon and would love your support. We have four tiers ranging from $3 a month to $25 a month. To thank you for your support, there are perks for each tier, including exclusive merchandise not sold in our Threadless shop. You can find out more about each tier and how you can support us at Patreon backslash RoadToTarvalen.com or just click on the link in the show notes. Second, our Threadless shop is overflowing with beautiful designs and various items to put them on. We have coffee mugs, phone cases, tote bags, notebooks. There are also plenty of t-shirts and tanks for the summer. Third, we love you guys, really. Thank you for all the support you have given and for keeping us company on the road to Tarvalon. Did we have anything other than what we've already talked about to add to the non-spoiler section? No? Cool. Then let's move on. Okay. So, as Tracy was just talking about before the spoiler section, there is a pretty heavy connotation of needing to be powerful when you are the Amerlin. Mm-hmm. And the White Tower, as previously mentioned, does have some checks and balances in regards to how much power the Amerlin truly has, mm-hmm. but she does not have supreme rule and isn't immune to punishment. But, but, there's always a but, there's a lack of organization and stability that was lost during the Age of Legends. And I kind of, it kind of makes me think about something similar to when a nation's government is toppled in a a regime change. Mm -hmm. They're trying to build the pieces and put things back together. But, As the Aes Sedai took this militaristic role in the War of Power before the breaking of the world, it's kind of fair to argue that after the War of Power, during the rebuilding, they kind of kept this dogmatic attachment to being seen Mm. as outwardly strong at all costs. And the Amerlin, most of all. Mm -hmm. And when we see these Amerlins who are kind of, I'm doing air quotes, considered (laughs) weak, Mm-hmm. Things usually don't end up very well for them. Mm-mm. No. And it does seem to be like a pattern. Like you mm-hmm. have several Amarillans that come through that are weak and the hall has more power. And then an Amarillan will come in that's really strong and wrest the power away from the hall back to the Amarillan. And while that continues to happen back and forth, 
it doesn't it's not something that they ever let the world outside the white tower see even tarvalon like within the city they don't mm-hmm. see this they just see that unified exterior that the white tower is willing to put on in order to maintain that appearance mm-hmm. of power yeah it feels very militaristic and i know that we've talked about that before how they kind of run the white tower like drill sergeants you know yeah yeah (laughs) the imposing of deference and rank it does very much have that feel to it and this was something that you had put but i moved it to the spoiler section because Mm. Mm. so i didn't know this because i didn't like i said i just realized that the watcher of the seals is the dark ones seals but that Amerlin actually hasn't known the real location of the seals since the Trolloc Wars. Whoops. <laughs> I have I have words to talk about about this later. I'm just This is one of those parts of the story that I just cannot get over. You know what though? I just had like a Lord of the Rings thought moment are the Hmm. seals of the dark ones prison kind of like like the the one ring that wants to find its way to a place where someone's gonna break it like is it possible i don't know it's just a weird random off the cuff thought i've maybe watched the extended versions of sentient seals yeah here first yeah (laughs) finding their way yeah trying to let the dark one free and i mean job fail what happened (laughs) what happened you're the watcher of the seals the flame of tarvalon and you lose the seals how how did this happen i try not to think about it too much because it's just another one of these situations where i'm like dang it i said i Come on. Right. Come on. Good but point. They're so concerned with outward showing strength that issues like this will never be resolved because it can't come to the light of day. When Tarvalin was too late to save the kingdom of Malkier, instead of saying, hey, we couldn't make it in time, we're sorry. They would rather everyone think that they just didn't feel like coming and helping. Yeah, they didn't even make an attempt. Like yeah. if you can't if you can't guarantee a hundred percent success, then we just didn't even do it. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that's the right approach. There have got to be better ways. We yeah. talked about this enough. Yeah, we have an entire episode so, yeah. where we whine about the White Tower. Let's get back to yeah. So despite yeah, despite the outward confidence and strength, and despite clinging to tradition to show of showing no signs of weakness, there were plenty of occasions where Amerlins were exiled or outcasted or just straight up murdered. So true. So true. So I came up with like a small list of what I like to call the get the fuck out ambulance. <laughs> uh, and the first one that I came across is Katala Lukenval. And she's a 197 to 223 NE yellow Aja, super arrogant. It was rumored that she had died, but she actually resigned 
And that's not right either, because she was actually forced to step down, which is somehow different than being deposed. And I think what I figured out on this one is that with the forced resigning, they don't actually still this Amerlin. She's allowed to keep her connection to the power. She just has to get the fuck out. So she becomes exiled. And in this yeah, this is one of the secret rebellions of the tower only found in the 13th depository, and half the hall was exiled with her. And so, if you don't know what the 13th depository is, it's like the the guarded section of the library, basically. Yeah, this it's is the not restricted information section. that anyone can just walk in and be like, oh, I'm going to take a look at this. You need, yeah. you need a very high position and... yeah. Um, so that's these secret rebellions have been hidden inside this secret collection of records because the White so Towers. Of course, they are. <laughs> I know. God. Okay. So she was actually kept under guard until her death, and she was followed by someone from the Grey Aja, uh, Elise Strang. And in the thing it said, like the document, it said, who literally had to beg to get most of the things she wanted from the hall. So they took down one super arrogant, but that arrogance made her... A threat? Yes, thank you. Yeah, it made her a threat to the the running of the White Tower, so... Sitters, sisters and sitters and that one came together and were like leave and she did and that's just crazy <laughs> I love this next one do you want to read this one <laughs> go for it go for it okay so the next one in here is Doniella Alivin and 306 to 332NE, one of the other things that I noticed about this is that it seems on average most of the Amerlins rule for 30 to 40 years. And I was kind of surprised by that. I would have expected it to be much longer than that. But then mm-hmm. I also remembered, you know, for the Amerlin seat, they're generally really old before they are allowed to take that position or chosen for that position. So maybe they did only really have like 30 to 40 years left that's longer than almost all of the Amerlins that we see throughout the main series yeah yeah 100 percent Egwene and Elida had the shortest yeah so (laughs) uh but Egwene okay sorry so this is this is actually kind of adorable this Amerlin, Daniela, she was of the brown Aja, and unfortunately, the stereotype of the daydreamy, distracted scholar was 100% accurate for her, and her sad neglect of affairs in the White Tower left the hall in near complete control. She quite willingly, perhaps even happily, agreed to step down from her position as Amerlin and leave the White Tower so she could spend more time with her studies of the prophecies of the dragon. And she was also a dreamer, which was quite rare, but nothing mentioned of significance about her time as a dreamer. And then for the rest of her life, she was just encouraged not to tell anyone that she had ever been the Amberlin seat, and apparently she was totally okay with that. She was like, alright, do you have a book here. I can read? Yeah. Right? Have you ever, though, been in a position at a job where you leave and you're just like, 
I'm just going to pretend like that never happened. Never happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of those, actually. I have some yeah. really good I left that job behind stories and we will not get into them now. But <laughs> I 100% feel her being like, oh, my God, I can just sit and study all the time. And nobody's asking me for anything and I don't have to be at anyone's beck and call like that's a dream right there. I fucking love it. So I thought that was really cute. And then I think the last one that I had on here was Sulin Escanda, 355 to 396. So this is actually one of the longer ones that I saw. But factions inside the White Tower were constantly trying to thwart her, and they were finally able to force her to resign. It was put out that, that it was voluntary, but she again remained exiled and under guard for the rest of her life. So again, another pattern, another theme that we're seeing is this power rested from one group to the other and back and forth and this still doesn't even include the heads of the ajas and the sisters themselves and what they're experiencing this is still just kind of remember the dusty wheel episode we were talking about the binders Mm. now i'm just curious is it because that these people were so messed up that they really had to control them like with something like a binder that which is kind of akin to compulsion when you think about it but yeah do they yeah. really do they really need that or were they that big of a mess that they were like all right guys like That's nobody can get their point. shit together you've been binded you've been yeah. binded but you can't lie but it you does, can't attack each other okay. that can't be because they said that, that that was dealt out for the most like repugnant crimes and i don't see you know just some squabbling being caused for that but at the same time yeah but that would be in like the the beginning of the third age it would be different wouldn't it because like they don't really use binders in the same way they don't even know what a binder really is it seems like the oath rod yeah they have the oath rod but like the oath rod is a binder yeah but they don't necessarily no so i mean maybe they do i don't know maybe i'm remembering this incorrectly i'm just thinking like when we've talked about the forsaken and the history of the forsaken Mm -hmm. in the past the second age uses the binders to control and i feel like it's a little bit different than the way that the Aes Sedai are at least trying to say that they're using the oath rod does that it's, yeah, like, they almost feel it like it's a much more rare thing to be used, even when we see that there's like another one that Galena has to swear on to fucking Savannah or whatever. So there are definitely multiples of them. You would think, though, after all of this time, they would be able to get things together. But again, yeah, you this think is they not have this their episode, shit together. So, <laughs> but in some ways, it is because that's exactly the Amarillan is supposed to be the top authority, mm-hmm. and because she frequently is not, does that mean that we have more opportunities for further breakdowns of the internal structure? And I mm-hmm. think the answer, as we've seen over and over again, is yes. Like. Mm-hmm. They don't even respect their own laws and things that they put into place. And I mean, they have learned over centuries how to bend the truth to their will, which means that they know how to bend laws to their will as well. I mean, that's like, and we can talk about that when Elida does her thing with Well, they've had how many thousands of years to practice? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, 
things get passed down from one sister to another, secret weaves inside the various ajas. Like, who knows what the sisters can all do and not do because they don't even tell each other. I think that the Age of Legends did a much better job of having a unified hall of servants because they allowed for such fluidity between the ajas. You weren't stuck doing one thing. You weren't stuck being in just one particular group. You could flow back and forth and exchange ideas or and you open weren't being communication. Told what to do. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that the Tamerlan really behaved in the same way that the Amerlin does, you know? So I think so much of like what makes the White Tower shitty is also why being the Amarillan seat is a shit job. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was mm-hmm. going to say. Yeah, so I think that they are absolutely connected. Yeah, good. But then we also have like more secretly deposed, exiled, and murdered Amarillans, and this is where like the Black Aja comes in as well. So. Yeah, we basically find out somewhere around like a little after halfway through the Eye of the World that Baalzaman said that he's been basically corrupting the White Tower for mm-hmm. thousands of years. Mm-hmm. He might be talking smack. We don't know for sure. I'm sure he, you know, doesn't tell the truth all the time. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling you're but right. But he also... From what we know, as far as what goes down in New Spring and how long some of these Black Aja members are still in the tower from the time we are in New Spring till the Third Age, where we, or not the Third Age, from where we start out in the main series, I wouldn't put it past the Black Aja to have already been having women in the tower after the War of the Shadow. Absolutely. I feel like as soon as the White Tower's establishment, mm-hmm. they would have Black Aja members in there. Yeah, I, the infiltration would have been fast. Yeah, like it, I don't, I don't think that there would have been any kind of respite for a group of people coming together who have the potential for so much power and sway mm-hmm. over everyone, really, mm-hmm. because the nations change quite a bit in that 3000 year time frame. And so they've been present through all of it. Mhm. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So this one again, uh secretly deposed Amarlin Shien Chunla. She was raised from the Green Aja. And this is another one where it went into the super secret info kept in the 13th depository. She's actually considered guilty of causing the Third War of Garen's Wall. And I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is? I do. Oh, would you tell me? It was, there's not a lot of information about it, but it was a war somewhere in the north, I believe. And there's a theory about it, but I can tell you after you go with the basics, I guess. Okay. Let's see here. So, unfortunately for her, all of the sisters seem to be in a snit um, from sitters to Aja heads, and this led to a schism in the tower, one of six mutinies in tower history. Shean uh, and the entire hall were put down and sent into exile. There is some evidence that she was actually assassinated 
that she was smothered in her sleep by her guards, which I think is um, wild. Yeah. Yeah. There was apparently a plot uncovered to bring her back to power. And I mean, that's one of the things you always have to worry about when you exile someone who had been in like that ultimate position of power is do you exile them or do you kill them? Because there's always that possibility that person's going to come back. And in this case, it was pillow smothering time. Oof. Yeah. Awful. This theory is basically that the cause of this whole military conflict was actually caused by the Hall of the Tower overruling Mm -hmm. her by authority, by decree. So Mm -hmm. after it all goes down, the White Tower wanted to put the blame on someone like other than themselves as an institution. So the tower hides this information in the 13th depository. And as everything kind of everyone gets involved, I think they had to let the entire hall go as well because things had gotten so gummed up that they were like, yeah. we just, now we've just got to get rid of everyone. <laughs> it almost seems it almost seems like this woman really didn't do anything wrong and that she was just being backstabbed the entire time of her Aww. rule. And then it's you so- feel bad for these Omerlins. And of course, she's of the green right. Aja. So she was probably in this war, raising hell, fighting Trollocs. The whole while the hall is scheming and backstabbing and who knows, who knows. But yeah, that's all shady business. Shady business. Shady. I just, I I can't help it. There are just so many moments where I'm like, wow. Because I mean, I'm thinking about where Gwen starts to learn about some of the secret histories of what's happened in the tower. And she's just like, what the fuck, you guys? I thought you had it more together. So we have murdered and possibly murdered Amberlin's like Deanne Arryman earlier recorded it being a writing accident but was it there was another Lavera Ramosanya who tried to exert control over the hall and the hall <coughs> excuse me may have had a fatal snapback that's another one where they were like maybe she was murdered maybe she wasn't how would we know how would we know Unfortunately, the one on here that, like, really gets me is Tamara Spenya, who's the Amarillin at the beginning of New Spring. And she is taken out by the Black Aja, and we know that for fact. That's why I put her first. So we are heading into actual Amarillins from the series now. Until this point, these are all just women that we've learned about from the history, but now we're actually in it. Yeah. So Tamara Tamara Ospenia is of the Blue Aja, most famously known for <laughs> being there and taking part in hearing the prophecy of Guitar Moroso. So yeah. this Amarlin holds a special place in my heart, and I love that she's kind of ruthlessly clever. Mm-hmm. And even more rain has this absolutely heartfelt eulogy moment for Tamara where if you want a good cry go ahead and read that passage right yeah so here's what I'm thinking the black Aja had to have gotten their knowledge from her yeah she was most likely tortured for this information which Mm -hmm. she overheard from Guitara Morosa Moroso is it Mm Morosa I think it's Morosa whatever okay 
it's Guitara. We know that yeah, for sure. Yeah, from Guitara. So <laughs> Suwan is in the room with Moraine and Tamra. And Guitara mm-hmm. says the prophecy, and everyone's like, uh-oh. And then mm-hmm. Guitara drops dead, mm-hmm. and Tamra has to... I guess, consult and figure out what she's going to do now with this information that has just been overheard by two accepted. So, mm-hmm. And her keeper's dead. And her keeper is dead. So, Like her closest confidant comrade is dead. Yeah. And this huge weight, oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. So Tamara is murdered by the Black Aja. Straight up, no question about it. And they Mm -hmm. are able to wiggle this information from her. Mm -hmm. Somehow, and this is why I think she was clever, or maybe just a little bit lucky, Mm -hmm. she wasn't forced to give up the names of Moraine and Swan. So I imagine the Black Aja asked, which Aes Sedai know of the prophecy? And since, Mm -hmm. since Moraine and Swan were not yet, were not yet Aes Sedai, she didn't have to give them their names if that makes Mm -hmm. sense this Mm -hmm. is just kind of how i picture it going down in my head maybe a little bit of luck i have the same intuition around Mm -hmm. it like she didn't she didn't specifically ask them to become searchers for the dragon but she gave them pretty much everything they would need Mm -hmm. to be able to take that role on just in case the worst happened and mm-hmm. the worst did, did happen yeah. yeah so i feel like it's it's a combination of both i think it was her being really clever and it being really lucky that swan and moraine both kind of picked up on what her intentions mm-hmm. were and just ran with them kind of literally in moraine's yeah. case <laughs> yeah 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 so she sends out notes to five other Aes Sedai about Guitara's prophecy so mm-hmm. now besides moraine and swan we have kareen nagashi who was murdered mm-hmm. we yep. have aisha Ravine- Ravineos murdered valeria gorovni murdered ludis nadine mm-hmm. murdered Mylan Arganaya, and this is a good one because supposedly she died in her sleep. Mm-hmm. And the messed up thing about that is this is the one that Chesmal Emery announces. And mm-hmm. Swan was hiding under her bed, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she knows that Mylan was not in her bed. Yeah. She knows she wasn't in her bed and she knows she didn't die in her room. Mm-hmm. And we are told that her body was delved to find what killed her, but they couldn't find any, I guess, signs like of trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder if Chesmal Emery was actually l- just lying about her being delved or the Black Asha was so good at killing her that they left no trace. No mark. Mm-hmm. I feel as though Chesmal might be the sister who has the ability to, like, stop someone's heart without it showing. That's Swan. Swan can stop someone's heart? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Swan. Can't one of the black sisters do it, too? I think probably. I'm sure. I'm pretty Mm, sure it's Swan, though. At one point, she says something like, I think it is her, because she's like, it's really not even that hard, you know? (laughs) 
which is such a typical swan that's a very swan statement yeah yeah totally yeah i mean i i personally think since it's chesmal emery that comes in and announces it that she's lying Mm -hmm. like but i know she's black aja yeah but i also can't see all of the yellow sisters being like oh you checked nothing's wrong okay and just going with it, but I don't know. Like, how I was often? Say, why wouldn't they? How often does an Aes Sedai die in their sleep? And Mylan is one of the strongest Aes Sedai in the tower. Other, I think yeah. she is the strongest Aes Sedai in the tower, other than Cad Swain at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of feel like the Yellow Aja would be like. We're going to have someone else look just in case. Can I double check your work? Yeah. They're yellow Aja. They know it's important to always get a second opinion. Yeah, right? (laughs) That's the medical rule, isn't it? Get a second opinion. Yeah. Another side note on this whole Black Aja New Spring situation, and since we're going to talk about her later, we don't have to go too far into it now, but Katsui knew about the prophecy, Did Mm -hmm. Tamara tell her? Was she an undercover searcher? I have so many questions about Cad Swain. Mm -hmm. Maybe we have Mm -hmm. to do a Cad Swain 101 or just a Farmatting 101. I don't know. That would be fun. I I love Cad Swain's inclusion in New Spring because that sent people... All over the internet being like, I think Cad Swain is Black Aja. <laughs> right? Because she knew of the prophecy. She mm-hmm. randomly shows up in the same place, kind of, as mm-hmm. Moraine. And then she's making some very offhanded comments about things that she shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm fairly certain that one of the other sisters that's at least one of the other sisters that's present when Moraine and Swan are in the Borderlands is mm-hmm. Black Aja for sure. I don't remember which one it is. Yeah. And it would make sense if two of them were traveling together versus one on their own, you know? Right. So I don't know. I still kind of feel like it's possible. That Cad Swain was Black Aja? <laughs> Ow! Robert Jordan did all kinds of weird things. Yeah. Who knows? But I'm sure it's not really. Okay, okay. But, but I'm just saying, like, she literally helps mm-hmm. fight in the last battle. So I guess I mean Intar Intar was chomping at the bit to go kill some Trollocs. Maybe she wanted to become Nabliss. <laughs> Cat Swain does not give a shit about anything like that anyone's power structure other than her own no. that's why she's not a dark she's, friend she's in retirement most of her life i mean mm-hmm. she does not care she does not have time for that i think that she was secretly hunting the black aja and that's why she was there because she was on the same trail that moraine had picked up on with all of these women whose husbands and stuff were dying because mm-hmm. they were male channelers mm-hmm. it just looked like strange things going on luck and bad luck and i think i think cat swain since she is also one of the women who i think she pretty much i think she's the one who arrested Loghain and possibly mazram taim but she even though she's not of the red aja she still was like you're coming with me you know grab him by the ear (laughs) i will tell you young man young sir 
Do you think that maybe she was out looking for false dragons or male channelers? I think, and... I think you might be onto something with the hunting the black Aja, actually. Right? Like, I feel as though that would be... In, I mean, there's an in, hunting, ahead, in hunting for these, or maybe not even hunting, but maybe just being on the trail of these male channelers, she noticed that there are mm. other Aes Sedai who are also asking about these men. And that mm-hmm. might have ticked her off into something to where she's like, well, what is so interesting about these men that they are asking about it? Mm-hmm. And that's why she confronts Moraine about why she's there in Canloom and mm. gives her kind of a stern talking to. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> Young lady. Young lady, pour me some. Why aren't you in the yeah, tower? She makes Moraine pour her wine. <laughs> so anyways yeah no we can we can move on if that's okay yeah yeah absolutely okay we're at uh swan sanche mm-hmm. is it okay if we just like mention how awesome sophie okinado is I, i'm gonna always say her name wrong i'm gonna figure out how to actually say her name she's gonna be amazing she's going to be amazing i just learned she's in ratchet on netflix and i didn't know that you know what i didn't either i really wanted to because i like sarah paulson and i really like american horror story is it affiliated with american horror story in any way ryan murphy okay who does yeah he's on this project and so is sarah paulson who's like one of the main actresses Mm -hmm. i think she's been in every anyway I, I wanted to start watching it now that I know that Sophia Canada is going to be on there. And again, she's in flack and she's awesome. She has this amazing presence. But I started watching like some interviews with her and she's beautiful. You know how like the question of like agelessness, how will mm-hmm. they make her look ageless? I don't think there's going to be any problem making her look ageless. She already kind of looks that way. What she said about taking on one of the roles was that she put herself fully into becoming the role of who she was supposed to be and also like how well the scripts were written. So I'm hoping that like I have she's a feeling have... she would be the type of a cast member who would read the books. I feel Don't like you, you might you be know? right. Yeah. Like she seems like she's that kind of person who might just enjoy curling up and reading all of the books just to have Or just doing this in depth character analysis yes. to be yeah. in this character's brain. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yes, I think she's going to make a glorious Swan Sanche, and I'm really excited about that because, like you, she's she's my well, yeah, yeah. Swan's my favorite Amarillan. <laughs> I love her. I think that mm-hmm. from the time that we, I I don't know, I like her evolution. I guess we only have so much time with her before she's stilled, which mm-hmm. is gut-wrenching and Mm -hmm. it makes me physically sick to think about this just because of how it's described within the books and with Swan Sanche she has enough grit and fight to where she's not gonna off herself because she's feeling awful and grieving and hurting Mm -hmm. and in a in loss Mm -hmm. she's just got too much 
fortitude for that. And I think that she's also just really clever. We see a new spring when she's putting together all of the information on the deaths in the White Tower. She tracks down Moraine out of just sheer determination to tell her Mm -hmm. what's going on. And she was, (laughs) I love that when we get her a new spring, Moraine has been doing her fancy woman routine throughout the town. And Swan's like, you idiot. Are you trying to get robbed? (laughs) She's like, you don't understand how to live outside of luxury, Moraine. And she's kind of pulling Moraine around like, you listen to me. You know, this is not how you do it. So Mm -mm. I love that we get these almost polar opposites. And then Mm -hmm. I just think that Swan is so gritty and fun and... She brings a lot of character to the story. Her romantic relationship with Moraine, I love that. I think that is one of the most heartfelt relationships that we have in the series. It's another reason why I just love New Spring. But Mm -hmm. I know why it couldn't last, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think it is just because they outgrew each other. I personally believe that they did it to save one another. Yeah. Because if the Black Aja ever got the information that either of them knew the prophecy, they would have both been murdered. But if they could separate themselves, Mm -hmm. if one of them was caught, maybe the other would live. Mm -hmm. And they both put this hunt for the Dragon Reborn first. And they mm-hmm. couldn't do it together. Yeah. Yeah. Too dangerous. And like, the fact that Moraine could safely say that Swan was not aware of all of her activities and vice versa is another way of them being able to save each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really Maybe one they of were... the heart like the heartache stories. Yeah. They were each other's loves. They were. And I think that it's it says more that they cared about each other so much that they were willing to give each other up for the other's mm-hmm. safety. Yeah. Because that's not an easy I, thing to do. Mm-mm. Their goodbye in New Spring, I really can't think about it without wanting to cry because it's so brief. It's so quick. Like Maureen doesn't even, like she's like, I'm going on a ride. And Swan's like, okay. And that's it. Swan. That's how they say goodbye to each other. Do they even need any words at that point? No, but to walk away and leave a friend like that is painful and to not get to say goodbye when you really have no idea how long it'll be before you get to see each other. Like that had to have been just heart wrenching to go through. And I I feel for that situation. Yeah. And when Swan tracks her down and she's just tears streaming down her face trying to explain to Moraine about all of the deaths within the White Tower, and she's like, it's the Black Aja, you know? And mm-hmm. she's just, like, blubbering. And mm-hmm. you can really tell, like, these they are the center of each other's world. And it's really sad. Yeah. But I love that we get it. Me too. I love too. that we get Me it. Me too. And, and then later on, like, her relationship with Gareth Bryan. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one. I've also been interested in this idea that I've seen online where it's just people goofing, but mm-hmm. saying how interesting they would find gender swapped characters mm-hmm. cast. 
And I was just thinking like, damn, we need a, one of the five great captains to be a woman, don't we? Ooh, that would be fun. Right? Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Hmm. Elida? <laughs> <laughs> God, I hate her. She's what can just be said worst. about Elida? <laughs> you know what? Go go listen to this bitch about Elida on our episode. <laughs> that's all about her. I mean, really, she's just awful. One of the things that I learned that I wasn't aware of, though, is she actually was made a sitter rapid fire when she came back to the tower so that she had more authority when she was going after Swan. And of course, is it Galena? Who was that? I think it was Galena oh. Caspin. Okay. Who was like the head of the Red Aja, who put Elida in that spot, but she's also Black Aja. Mm -hmm. So Elida is put in place first as a sitter by the Black Aja, and then she tears down swan mm -hmm. with the help of the black aja and doesn't know about it and it's just oh, god she's so awful she's so awful well this is what the black aja does how many amerlins right? that we know of were they propped up by the black aja Egwene was yeah and i mean also how many of them had keepers who were black aja because elida Egwene. Egwene. Not Tamra, but at least one or two Amarillans who came after her had... That's what we should do. All of the Black Aja keepers and... Kill me now. <laughs> mistress of novices. Kill me now. <laughs> but, I mean, it is, like, it's a thing. It's a theme, even, that we keep seeing is, like, the person who's, like, at the top is very rarely Black Aja. The person that comes, like, just underneath them... They probably are. The best part about Elida is when Alvirin slaps her. That's that's about it. Other than that, her as no, I hate her. <laughs> yeah. The I found this moment and it's after the slap. <laughs> and it's <laughs> so good. But this, Ooh, is, this is this is really good. This is Elida to Alvira. <sighs> yeah. She says, "I look forward to seeing your neck stretched out on the headman's block for treason, Alvira. But but until I have the proof I need, there are still a few things I can do. Do you remember how many times that you had Sylviana come to give me private penance? I hope you do, because you're going to take ten for every day I suffered. And oh yes." With a jerk, she pulled the keeper's stole roughly from Alvirin's neck. Since no one could find you when the rebels arrived, I asked the hall to remove you as keeper. These two oh. are just... <laughs> oh, talk about a shit show. They're a match made in heaven. Are they? Like the two of them going back and forth with like oh, their tug of it war needs, like, power struggle. It needs Benny Hill music, you know? Yes, like, I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take this from you. I'm gonna smack you, yeah. push you into a wall. Pokes and pokes them in the eyes. Yes, like one of them sits on a fucking whoopee cushion. It's just, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like these two just, ugh. and. 
I think at the same time, one of the things that I absolutely love about that pairing is Elida is horrible. Like she's mm-hmm. so horrible. You almost wish she really was Black Aja. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like of the two of them, exterior wise, Elida screams Black Aja Alvieran instead. Usually it's just like really cool and calm and collected, which is normal for I a love white. That, I love that Robert Jordan was like, you know what? Making all these Black Aja people, it's just getting boring. I'm just going to make this piece of shit human being. <laughs> <laughs> about that do you think he has like a list these are the characters that will be pieces of shit yeah just mm-hmm. elida top of the list mm-hmm. everyone can hate her she's awful hate, hate 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 her that was an awesome quote i loved that elida ends up as we know carried off by the sean chen and that is after she has captured a queen who had been made amaryland by the rebels right and the black Asha. And the black <laughs> At least there was a unified fraught in one mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know? Like, they each, they, whatever. I have such a hard time with Egwene as Amarillyn simply because of how her story ends. And it just makes me really sad because she is this young woman put in a really difficult situation. And... It doesn't seem fair. I feel the same way about Swan. At least Egwene gets like a nice send off with fireworks. That's Swan Sanchez is just like dead off screen, kind of. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. Well. It was literally like a sentence mm-hmm. that mentioned her death. And I was like, but, but. Egwene gets, Egwene gets basically. Pages pages she's got some cool weaves probably named after her now people are going to talk about her forever swan sanche is just going to be the woman who got stilled got healed but was still never strong after that like that's her story and just died during the last battle right and it just it makes me really sad i'm gonna rewrite her history (laughs) i think you should yes so yeah a queen being Amarillyn at the same time as Elida. I don't really know how much of that do you want to talk about. Other than the fact, it makes me sad that she dies. I just, I always go back to the moment where Egwene is the Amarillyn and she's having her her meeting with Rand where he's discussing the dragon's peace, I think. Mm-hmm. And she's really upset with him about breaking the seals. And she's like, that's a dumbass plan, Rand. But <laughs> she's adamant that it's a terrible plan. And I understand that because I'm sure she's concerned whether he's succumbing to madness right of course and in her defense you know she is the watcher of the seals like it's literally in her job description even though she's not the one who has but yeah that's like i mean that would be like me telling nasa you're not allowed to launch (laughs) rockets anymore because i am the keeper of i don't know airspace yeah 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 that's better but it's like oh my god queen how many seals do you have on your purse at this moment and is that number above zero (laughs) okay time to go update your linkedin profile because this is just something that you know you gotta we we gotta change embarrassing for you stop it but to her defense i understand 
where she stood in that confrontation. And I get it. But there are also things where I just shake my head. Where everyone thinks that Rand killed more gays. And then Mm -hmm. Gawain is like, Rand, your friend from the two rivers killed my mother. And Mm -hmm. she's like, "Mm, he probably didn't. I'm like, really? That's all you've got? Like, probably not. Like, really, Egwene? Maybe. This yeah, person she doesn't even with? really like she's, exactly like she doesn't really do anything to defend him or or ag- say anything about his yeah. character. And again, she probably assumes that he's succumbing to madness. So I get it. That was a great literary take that Robert Jordan used to give credence to why certain characters would think this way about him, or so he could have some type of opposition. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it is necessary for someone to play that role, and it's actually not a bad thing that it's a queen. No, I as just don't think she's. A, I just really don't well. think she's a good person. Maybe if I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think she was a just person. Mm-hmm. I think she's lacking on some level of kindness. And I, mm-hmm. we ha- you know what, we just need to do an Egwene 101 because there's so much that I would love to dive into and re-examine about her character and see what I can find to make me change my mind. <laughs> we can do a pros and cons Egwene yeah, episode. <laughs> because there, I honestly think that her story is one of the most tragic stories yeah, I appreciate her as a character mm-hmm. and her story, but as a right. person, I just think that Robert Jordan did her dirty. Yeah, I it's don't not, disagree with you it's on not that even either. Her, it's how she yeah. was written. Where I'm like, yeah, huh? really? I got a message from someone who listens to the podcast today, and they talked about how we had talked about in one of the New Spring episodes. I believe it was I who said, "I do not like it when." This was in context to Game of Thrones. I don't like it when women are raped within a series so that they can grow from it or become strong right. for yeah. it. And yeah. I kind of feel like Higuain had something similar where she's just constantly being punished, tortured, and captured. And mm-hmm. then after it's all over, it's like, see, I'm really strong. See, like, I'm a strong mm-hmm. character. And it's like, yeah. she she already was a strong character. She didn't yep. need to, we didn't need torture porn. For yeah, Egwene. yeah, that's actually a really good point. Anyways, let's do an Egwene 101. Let's put that on the list. I love that idea. And then the last, the last Amarillan that we get in this this series is Cat Swain, who yes, we'll just we'll, we will agree she is green Aja, <laughs> no tint of black Aja. <laughs> I just actually, like to play devil's advocate sometimes. No, I like that, though. I really like Cad Swain in the context of this story. She's, I mean, arguably a terrible person. <laughs> she treats Rand like garbage. She really does. But I think she's one of those people to have, it's a good person to have on your side, I guess I'm going to oh, say. Yeah. And she really does have this air of mystery around her similar to the way that Varen does. And maybe there's mm. that far matting connection. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she's caught many of the false dragons, which I already said earlier. And mm-hmm. it kind of explains her relationship with Rand. I feel like she just assumed he's another false dragon. And that's why she kind of treats him like 
garbage, but I think she's in the back of her mind. She's curious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. My question is, why is she going into hiding so often? Is she doing something secretive or is she just doesn't care? I think she's worried about being chosen as Amarillin. Ooh, that would make sense. Yeah. Sucks for her because that's what happens. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what she's running from is any kind of position of power or like authority over her in any way. Like Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to be trapped. Like that's what it feels like. So that's how I see her is like just needing to to run free and be her crazy wild self or whatever it is. (laughs) I don't know. She's how many doesn't she have a couple of warders? At least. At least. I don't know if I don't I don't know how many she had. Do you, okay, yeah. here's my question. Do you think she would make a good Omerlin? Because I feel like sometimes sometimes the people that are most reluctant to do a job are the ones that do a good job. It's true. You know, I don't know. Part of me because we don't get her confirmed. Really, as mm-hmm. Amarillan, she just gets kind of pulled aside and is like, so by the way, um, part of me thinks maybe she just ran away again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, they got back to the horse lines, and Cad Swain, like, has a special ward that announces to her warders that it's time to just right bail yeah. on their location. They have a secret meeting spot. Like, I think she probably just tried to duck out of it. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's what I would do if she I were her. I'd be like, quick. yeah, yeah, you guys haven't caught me yet, fuckers. <laughs> I'm old. I may only have 100 years of my life left. You think I want to waste it on you imbeciles? <laughs> you know? Like, that's how I feel. Like, I just, I don't, and I think if she were made Amarillin, I don't, she has the possibility of being a really good Amarillin, but I also feel like she might be a really shitty one just because she really just doesn't seem to have a whole lot of respect for a lot of people. But I think and that I think that that's what is what would actually work in her favor because the yeah. tower is a shit show and they need right? someone to be like this tradition is stupid. It's stupid. Done, you know? But I kind of feel like she's the type of person who would ease into things i mean you can't mm. like if you're elected president you can't just come in and sign like a million executive executive or i can't talk executive orders mm. those things exec executive <laughs> orders we can you talk but i feel like you can't just come in and start signing paperwork and changing things that fast and i feel like cad swain would be the one to really stew over things and make sure that she's not changing things just for the sake of changing things because Egwene had like her list you know Mm -hmm. of what she wanted done and I don't think Cad Swain would be the person to change things just because Egwene told you know said this is what she wanted she -hmm. would go everything over everything with a fine-tooth comb Mm -hmm. and really decide if this would be dangerous i guess or not so i think that she's even worth it Mm -hmm. so i don't know but i kind of feel like as much as she wants to be away from the tower 
I'd kind of put her in that category of naive of the people who know that the tower is just kind of messed up mm-hmm. and doesn't really doesn't really want to be a part of the shenanigans. And I mean, I think that's probably why Cad Swain stayed away for so long as well. Is like she got what she quote unquote needed from the tower she received her training yeah. she got all the way through became an Aes Sedai and now she's made the decision to just kind of do what she wants with that mm-hmm. and good for her yeah like I don't know how I would feel being connected to something like that all the time especially if they were just always still sending me an allowance and whatnot that sounds great <laughs> it's perfect Right? I'll be chilling like, with my warders. Yeah. Drinking Hanging pina out. coladas and shale <laughs> Okay. So I yeah. I did find one thing that I really yeah. want to say really quick before we finish. Please. So this morning I saw a post about an unconfirmed report from mm. a website that they will not be linking because it's not suitable for work. And gotcha. It was for an Amazon casting for a young actress to play a princess and future queen with a reportedly and maximum number of legally allowed years being asked for, which is six. What does that mean? That this role will be going on for six years. Oh, okay, okay. This suggests that Amazon is looking for Elaine Tricond, who's casting for season one, has not been confirmed yet, and they're also... Uh-huh. They envision the show to last for at least seven seasons. And this is a post that I saw from Geeky Eerie. So if you want to actually see this post, go find her on Instagram or Twitter. Huh. And it's E-R-I. Geeky Eerie. E-R-I. But this is interesting, right? If we're getting in a lane. Yeah. And if they are already saying like for seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe that uh, first season's looking pretty good post-production. Right? <laughs> but that's all I had on that. No, I love that. Ooh. Minimum of six years. Maybe they're going to kill off Elaine early. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Ooh, good stuff. Yeah, so if, if they want her for six years, that means at least yeah from up next season so that would be seven seasons yeah or or six seasons who knows that's exciting i love all of this depending on how many times they film per year but yeah it's exciting yeah cool well i don't have anything more to add for the amberlin i know you have errands to run perfect Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.